Hello, dear listeners. This is Something New, a musical theater podcast, episode 603. We are just about three weeks away from the world concert premiere of Monkey Trouble Unleashed at the Duplex. Music rehearsals are well underway, as is my shameless social media promoting. If you haven't seen a sponsored post on Facebook or Instagram yet, do let me know and I shall whip those social media robots into shape. As I mentioned last week, Monkey Trouble Unleashed is now proudly under the fiscal sponsorship umbrella that is Fractured Atlas. And we have a new tax-deductible donation, y'all! Jennifer Powell has generously donated enough to pay one of my actors. Which one? Well, I guess we'll see how rehearsals go. I'm just kidding, they're all getting paid. But thanks to Jennifer's tax-deductible donation, that's one less mouth I have to worry about feeding. If you're interested in supporting artists and new work, go to joelbnew.com monkey and click on the Fractured Atlas icon. Each donation tier includes tickets to the show and a whole lot more. Thanks, Jennifer. As for the rest of you, get your tickets now. I've been around the block a few times, so I know most of you won't purchase your tickets until the week of, sometimes even the day of. I get it. You're waiting for a paycheck to arrive, or maybe to see if something better comes along. It's New York City. I get it. Let me save you some trouble. Nothing better is coming along. It's time to settle. But seriously, if you know you're going to come, please save me some stress, anxiety, and imposter syndrome by going to joelbnew.com slash monkey and get your tickets already. Love you, mean it. Okay, without further ado, here is episode 603 with Monkey Trouble Unleashed cast member and my friend, Lee Ellen Caudill. This is Joel B. New, and you're listening to Something New, a musical theater podcast. My chance to talk with the savviest professionals in the industry, hear their stories, premiere brand new original songs, and get to the heart of what makes them the working multifaceted artists they have come to be. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with my dear friend, Lee Ellen Caudill. Hi, Lee. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. Lee and I, we met in 2015, I believe. Was it that long? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, doing a lab with Prospect Theater Prospect, Company. Yeah. They were doing their. Um, it's like a. It's a lab, right? Yeah. Like there's a prompt, and like a dozen or so writing teams uh, write these quick ten minute musicals or so based on that theme, and our theme was stage fright. Yeah. Everybody got all the writers got. Um, we got, like, two yeah. like creepy prompts. Yeah, somebody got, like, a zombie and apocalypse, yeah. or, uh, and you got, I did got, you get Attic? I got Attic, yeah. and, like, a little girl, yeah. which is very, <laughs> yeah. which is very creepy. And, and, I, and I, you know, wanting to do what no one else was doing, said, I'm going to write a comedy. And so I wrote Agatha in the Attic. Yeah. And um, it's so true to type. And like, I had so much fun writing that piece and I hadn't written a comedy in a very long time. 
And it's kind of the impetus of this new show, Monkey Trouble Unleashed, because I think they're tonally very similar. Yeah, I remember when I... So I wasn't originally in Agatha and Attic, and then somebody dropped out. A girl got King and I on Broadway, and so she dropped out very last minute, and we were all like, yay for you. And we, all the actors who were still in the lab just sort of... um, took on the roles that she had been doing and it because we'd all we were all playing there were four men and four women who were playing all of the roles in all of these uh 10-ish minute musicals and um and so I came to it kind of like I remember getting the email from the director who was like would you mind doing this other show and I was like oh I have so much to learn but I had I had just read Tina Fey's Bossy Pants and she was like say yes say yes to everything like always say yes she's like I I I was doing SNL, and then they were like, do you want to be a writer? And I was like, yes. And then I was like, do you want to be head writer? And I was like, yes. And she just, she's like, everything I got in my life, I just got by saying yes. So I was like, okay, you know, like, please don't, don't be stupid. Like, do whatever it is. And I, I don't think I'd even been there for the read-through. Like, I don't remember ever hearing or anything. And then when I came to the rehearsal and read through, I was like, why was I not in this to begin with? Like, this is right in my wheelhouse. It's totally in your wheelhouse. And, and the, and <laughs> the other my woman aesthetic. was... The other one was amazing, too. Yeah. It was like a very different read. Do we have Tina Fey to thank for our friendship? For our friendship? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think Maybe. so. I like to give her credit when it when And I think Boss Pants came out like 10 years before I read it, so really I was late yeah. to the party, but I'm Boss glad Pants that I Boss Pants is a great came. book. Yeah, it is. You should really check good. it out. You should check it out. <laughs> the other piece of uh, advice that I took from that that, I'm really, that I have taken to heart is um, she said never... Uh, she said people tell women not to cry at work, but I say... If you're so mad, you could just cry. Do it. It terrifies everybody. And I did it. One time, one time I've cried at my day job and it terrified everybody. They were so, oh, they were like, what is wrong with Lee? And I was like, this is not what we discussed. Like, I, I, I had just a sort of a terror. It was just, it was one of those moments where like, it wasn't this conversation I was having that was making me so upset. It was this was the last in like 15 things in my personal life and, you know, like yeah, outside of work yeah. and at work. And then this one thing I was just like, that's it. This is the final straw. <laughs> like, do you work in an office? I do. Um, I work at a big beauty brand and I, um, I manage contracts for... Uh, the creative department, so people, so all the photographers and models and um, stylists who are doing things to like lipstick and jars of face cream and stuff. I I um, I manage con- I negotiate contracts with those people, what? and I I also do some financial analysis. It was a matter of finding somebody who um, was willing to support me as an artist. I was like, listen, I'm once you've proved that you're reliable and you get your stuff done, most People, I've been lucky to find bosses and supervisors that were like, oh, if you need some flexibility, you need to come in late to stay late or leave early yeah. and come in early the next day. Like, you know, we're we're all in this together. They A lot of people really love, they, that's their way of supporting the arts yeah. and, and of keeping people who are good and competent and fun to work with and pleasant and all of those things. So I, I kind of fell into this now career job that I've been doing for a while uh, that still lets me do things like this. I find it very important to like be very clear and from the start when I'm starting like a new permanent day job Mm -hmm. that this is my other thing and you're actually my other thing. This is, (laughs) you know, and like, you know, not, not to be like a bitch about it or anything like that, but I think it's important to, say it up front Mm -hmm. instead of them finding out later and then firing you. 
or <laughs> <laughs> you know and yeah. I, I think like like earn your keep say what you're about say what you want mm-hmm. and if they're into it which more more times than not they are because like this is new york city and every other person is an artist we think that it's different because we're artists and i think that too it's like sometimes there's everyone's got that like flaky artist that like gave us a bad rap you know that the yeah. people don't that they there's don't that want one. anybody there because one person ruined it for all of us but i i've been lucky enough to work places where they they everyone's got their thing even if they're not artists lots yeah. of lots of people are parents lots of people are uh you know like surfers or skiers or you know like whatever everybody's got their passion uh that work may, maybe not necessarily is you know filling their their soul in that way and if you if you find people that are passionate about something else then they can bring that to their job like i've i've just been lucky enough to work places where they weren't like i don't i don't think anybody ever thought that you live and die by spreadsheets or you know making copies or getting coffee or any of those things. I, I think, especially as New Yorkers, we're all kind of dreamers. Did you attend the University of Maryland? I went to the University of Maryland at College Park. Go Terps. I'm a big Go what? Terps. Our mascot is a terrapin, which is a turtle. Um, it's the state animal of Maryland, I guess. State shelled um, mammal. Yeah. You know, like people, people always used to joke, like they're like, oh, you're, if your mascot's a turtle, like does your track team have... Um, anxiety about that you know (laughs) so clever and you were a theater performance major yep what would you say like your type or your brand was then versus now Ooh. so in high school i was always like the ants and the mothers like if you need you know like marley and little women i was like the mom um and then when i graduated i didn't feel i like then all of a sudden i was competing with women that were actually 40 or 35 you know like i was yeah. one of those people in college they were like you're going to age into your type you're going to you know i'm rolling like, my eyes right now um well and i had a friend who was, who was an opera major that was the same thing they were like you're not going to work for a long time because you're you need an aunt who's going to buy you some gowns because you're just going to be singing you know like birthdays and weddings for a while because you're gonna you're gonna age into your type i think when i but when i graduated i um my first gig out of college was touring with a, a classical theater company so i was doing shakespeare so i fell right into that like character role like uh, i would say then and now i'm like the busty funny women um, nothing I was wrong jo- with that. I was, there's nothing wrong with that. I was joking when we were uh, when we were looking at some of the music that I was like, oh, that's my favorite kind of roles to play are the ones where I like, come on, I'm real funny, people laugh, and then I go off stage. I'm like sitting in the dressing room reading until it's time to bow. Like those are my favorite. <laughs> get parts. in, get out, get the laughs, um, get out. Yeah, I played Phoebe, and as you like it, she's got like two scenes before intermission, and then like one scene at the end. I played Dogberry in. Um, much Ado About Nothing, same thing. It was like I was in a scene before intermission and then two scenes afterwards I come on and get like big laughs and then I'm backstage knitting, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like writing postcards and I'm like, what's oh, time to bow? Like those are my favorite. I, the, I, I still love those. Like I like a lot. I, I like a lot of bang for my buck. So I moved to New York and most of my professional experience was in Shakespeare. I had been in Italy for a summer um, at clown school, taking a, a Commedia dell'arte class, like technique. So now uh, the stuff that really like, like I don't want to do the stuff that I wouldn't want to watch. 
which is not saying a lot because I watch a lot of stuff, but um, but the the things that I find the the stuff that I find sort of weird and silly and fun, like we've we've compared um, uh, Monkey Trouble Unleashed to like John Waters to like Clue to yeah, those things like that. We love Clue. Yeah, the sort of silly, weird, maybe maybe even a little Monty Python, you know, like just stuff that's really like silly and fun um, is where I find myself wanting to put like time and energy these days I think part of that too is like the state of the world is terrifying to me yep Yep. (laughs) like 2016 hit and I just wanted to like lie in bed all day and not do anything so now when I get out of bed and I like take time to to do something I want to do something that I enjoy and that I find um uh enjoyable to watch and that's uh not to say that I haven't like burned through all the seasons of Handmaid's Tale but like it it takes a lot out of me it really yeah. does yeah so this is maybe my small revolt in the world is where like kids are in cages and yeah it's a big uh, reason I yeah. love the show yeah. as well in those times when you're not necessarily working on a project like when theater gigs are slimmer and you know and and the world is weighing us all down what skills or interests have you developed to feed yourself like either your soul or your belly well travel is big for me i love getting out and going anywhere um i this weekend i was just skyping with a friend of mine i have one of my best friends from high school she and i travel together usually once a year we go somewhere big and we're going to new zealand in october like i'm super excited about that we're gonna road trip Two weeks, the North and Road South trip Island. to New Zealand. We're road trying there, <laughs> right. flying there, right. but then we're picking up a car and doing that. Um, and she and I have been to uh, Vietnam and Iceland and uh, South Africa and Rwanda and Sri Lanka. Like, we're I want to go weird, interesting places. I usually try to see some kind of performance wherever I am. Mm-hmm. I saw Sufis in uh, Turkey, uh, in South Africa. I saw this weird college uh, improv play at the University of Cape Town. Like, um, I think that that's kind of one of the ways that I make my world bigger and and sort of like take my mind off of all that stuff. And I feel like that makes me. Um, uh, a more interesting artist, a more interesting person, you know, both of, both of those are the same thing, I think. But, um, so travel is really big for me. Um, and then I try every once in a while, I sort of remind myself how much I love New York city. And I'm like, Oh, I can just, I'm, I got out of work a little early today. I could just stop by a theater and be like, Oh, do you have any rush tickets for this evening? And, and that's, I, I, sometimes I forget that, that, is really is as cool as it is yeah and you know that i live here and that i can like just go to a museum or like not just any museum yeah the met yeah like the met moma taking advantage of new york i also have a group of really good friends that um we we do new year's eve together we do people's birthdays together we do the super bowl together a handful of us are actors a handful of us are recovering actors and stage managers um but we all uh like support each other and take care of each other. And that is really nice too. Instead of asking you what's next, what are you thankful for? I have a really great family and really great friends that are really supportive of me in the times when I'm doing cool stuff and in the times when I'm not doing cool stuff. And that is really nice. I'm also thankful to live in in New York now, again, like in this weird time in our 
nation's history. There are a lot of like-minded people here that are like, what the F is happening? And um, how can we make the world a better place? Uh, and so I'm, I'm really thankful to be here and not someplace where uh, I would feel like I needed to uh, hide. My mother's uh, uh, the last of the Southern Democrats. And um, so she has a group of friends that will meet and like have lunch together, you know, be like in the back of a restaurant, like high-fiving each other when, you know, like Bob Corker's retiring or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm glad that I can like wear a, a notorious RBG shirt and uh, here and random people on the subway are like, love your shirt. And I'm like, thanks. You know, yeah, like yeah. I'm not worried about getting egged or <laughs> <laughs> whatever I would be if I wore this so if I live somewhere else that might I might be I might be worried about that I like yeah that I can be who I am here and and because I'm surrounded by other like-minded people that's nice not that I need to put myself in a bubble but you know like but it, it's nice to feel safe yeah what advice would you give to those listening who are thinking about doing something new whether that is you call them recovering actors or anything or a new side hustle or something like that I took on this mantra um, last year, and it it's uh, ser- served me well, and I've certainly spouted it to a lot of people, but life is long, but life is short. For example, if you are in your 30s, and, uh, and you want to go, you want to do something that would maybe require going back to grad school, and you're like, ugh, three years just seems like so long. It really does. You know, like, and I get yeah. it, but I'm like, we could be on this earth for another 40 years after that. Like, men, you know, like, that's just a normal lifetime. Maybe yeah. another 40, 50 years if you're 35. So three years in the scheme of things like, isn't really that long, you know? Like, life is long, but life is short. Because, you know, like, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm at the point in my life now where, like, my friends are... Uh, and people I know are, some people are getting sick, some people are getting divorced, some people are, you know, there's never going to be a great time to have kids, there's never going to be a great time to, like, to make a big change up, just, but, like, but you, you don't know what tomorrow brings, like, go ahead and do it now. Don't put off what you're, if you're something you're excited about doing and that you want to do, go ahead and do it. Yeah, do like, you know how many people aren't excited about yeah. their day? <laughs> like, like and if you feel excited about something, something oh my god yeah just go ahead and do it Walk life is long it. but life is short where can people see what you're up to i'm doing monkey trouble unleashed <gasps> what? <laughs> what in october well, well let's talk about it yeah what part or parts are you playing i'm playing i'm doing a, a bunch of parts the biggest roles in the show i'm playing fingers uh and i'm playing wyeth um, and then I, I play a handful of other uh, wonderful characters like a delivery man and a mall employee uh, that, that support the, the fabulous journey in the show. <laughs> um, yeah, and I do a lot. I do some singing yeah, and, um, and, and I read some words written by the beautiful Joel B. New. Thank and you. Um, yeah, no, that's what I'm working on right now. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to have you. You know, when I started writing this piece, like, I wanted to do this with you and with Amy Jo Jackson. I had a very short list of people. I was like, I I want to write this with, like, the funniest people I know in mind. Oh, that's and really sweet of you to say. Well, I'm serious. 
I was like, I was like, I just want to give, I want to give Lee more to do. Like that was. I love it. No, I really like like my. Thank you for. I'm in my like performance life. I'm really excited. I was telling my mom. I was like, you know, right now. Like the audition hustle, you know, you go through phases with the audition hustle, but what I really want, my my goal for years has been for my friends to get famous and let me ride their coattails. Like I <laughs> will be the Jeremy Piven to your John Cusack. Like I want my friends to hit it big and then just be like, you know what? Um, I know somebody who'd be perfect for this. Like yeah. <laughs> I want you to get that Ryan Murphy series and then be like, you know what? I've got these friends that would be really great in this number. And then just call me. Like, that's the level of effort I want to put in. I want to put effort into my friendships and then have their uh, successes just, like, be the ripple effect for me. That you know, is, I think that I is as silly as that sounds, like, as, as you're being, like, that. I think that's a very, like, investing in your yeah. relationships and your friendships. I would, I, 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 it's it not a bad way to go. sound weird, but I'm like, I would be so excited. I want to hustle in my friendships and then have the ripple effects be, like, parts for me. I love that. And, like, the, it's a working. Oh, good. The ripple effect is working. I'm glad that you're I'm not like, proof. that's a really lame way to do things. Or not <laughs> lame, uh, uh, really selfish way to do things. I, no. I'm, I hope it doesn't read like that. I want the best thing for my friends, and then I also want to benefit me. I don't think that's selfish at all. Okay, good. No, we should all benefit from yeah. our friendships. <laughs> Otherwise, why do we have them? Yes. Yeah, we should, we should feel good about that. Um, so let's set up the song. Okay. All right. So one of Lee's characters, Wyeth, who is like one of the bad guys, um, he... Yeah, he's a he, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all kind of loosey-goosey in the show. Yeah, I haven't defined the gender yet. Yeah, yeah. So Wyeth, he, she, they, um, propositions uh, Danny's master, Bart, to enter Danny into this death match against their ultimate rival, whose name is Lionel. And I got to tell you, I only named that character Lionel so I could rhyme it with final. (laughs) And that's... The only reason that character has a name. I thought you were going to say Lionel because we're like, like Lionel Richie. Like Lionel but... <laughs> Richie, my, my, uh, who I emulate my entire career after. Um, no, it's terrible. I did that. Um, and someone's going to call me out on it. So I'm just going <laughs> to put it out there now and be like, I know, I know. So in act two, or like the, the second half of the show, Danny has, he has been rehabilitated, but then has to go back into his dark ways to save someone that he loves. And so this is that death match that, um, that Bart entered him into in the first act. Come here, Lee, do the rest of the show on Sunday, October 6th at 6.30 p.m. at the Duplex in New York City. Uh, It's a fantastic cast and I'm really excited and proud of this show. We all need to laugh right now. And um, I couldn't think of a better person to laugh at than Lee Ellen Caudill. Come laugh at me. We all will. Yeah. Come, come laugh at me. <laughs> From Ripley Gris Studios in New York City, this is Joel B. New. And Lee Ellen Caudill. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Deathmatch, so glad you could make it. Word out on the street was you were dead. Glad.
but it was a coma. Is that wine? I'll take it. Just leave your shoes outside. It helps to lessen the tread. Welcome to my death match. You can put your coats on the bed. Bedrooms down the hall to the left, just past the display of decorative hatchets, hacksaws, and Happy Meal toys. If you hear someone screaming, you've gone too far. Welcome to my death match, gruesome and unholy. Something tells me you can all relate. Hope you're really hungry. I made guacamole. The secret to my recipe is simple. It's hate. Welcome to my death match. Get yourself a party-sized plate. Oh, I just want to be a good host. So raise your glasses high for my toast. To all things mean and violent. And guns on silent. Welcome to my death match. Monkey versus Lionel. Who the f did not take off their shoes? Ready with the collar. All bets placed are final. There's one rule and one only. If you die, well, you lose. Welcome to my death match. One of this town's biggest to do's. Welcome to my death match. Better pick a tombstone. 